This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric Branson, and with me tonight I have the triumphant return of my friend and co-host, Joe Peterson. Hey! How's it going, Joe? It's good. I forgot what humidity's like. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. And with us as well, bringing some steam to the room, Ooh. is uh, mm. <laughs> my co-host mm. and uh, the per- person who... Uh, bailed me out in the last three episodes that you've heard uh ryan steiskel how's it going ryan i'm here and i am musty <laughs> very look let look me let me tell you about musty, context we're well, not going to share it with anybody let but me it tell you about musty <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about musty in a slow gentle voice so how's it going guys how, how was the trip joe it was good it was good we found large bones and hot weather um and sandstorms but it was good i it when really you said good. sandstorms instantly i went to the techno hit from the early 2000s oh God, yeah that, like the i'm whole, trying to push that into the back of my head like don't think of this song the whole valley yeah, around I, you I, is I, surrounded I, I, by I, heat <laughs> bones and that might be even more terrible if than the real thing. Like Some if that just like be. randomly as a weather event, you know, the song <laughs> would start playing. There's a certain We've been experiencing age out there that when the wind blows through it, it plays that song. A <laughs> hundred, a hundred days and a hundred nights of sandstorm. Yeah, that was no. like the most awful like techno song that would always be playing at like college parties when I was in college. Like, well, every single one. Like, uh, I was gonna say like back then, like if that kind of a like weird weather phenomenon occurred you're like oh look there's there's the 20 somethings and their glow sticks and matrix references just going nuts and then nowadays <laughs> it, they're in their 40s with the glow sticks and their matrix, and matrix references trip. and it's like oh it got sadder <laughs> i i find it and i know we're going to talk about something other than the matrix tonight but for the record i liked the first matrix movie i never understood why sequels were needed uh, they weren't but yeah but the that fandom money, yeah always kind of cracked me up because the matrix came out in what 2000 and right away technology you know that was a very tech heavy movie and by the time that movie was six months old technology had pretty much surpassed it <laughs> yeah. so by the time the thing comes out on video because yes it came out on vhs before blu-ray or i before remember DVD, watching it for the first time on vhs i knew yeah. people that were still trying to rock the Little narrow black sunglasses, long trench coat, and look at my Nokia phone. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and it's like yeah. by the time they were doing that, I was like, that's already outdated. Yep. Yeah. I remember these people for sure. Yeah. There's always going to be yeah. a culture of people who think long leather jackets are cool, and they're not. There is no fad of any kind that will ever make that cool. Just because it's commonly happening, I'm saying this now, but you just know like 10 years down the line, there actually is a thing, and they just pull us up from the records. I but. actually had a, a black trench coat for part of high school and a little bit into college. Like That was my fall and spring jacket. It was a long black mm-hmm. trench coat. And it wasn't for like a goth thing. I'll openly admit it was because I was into the weird new wave swing. Uh, oh, I, yeah. was, I was that one guy <laughs> um, we may have met. Because I think I was one of the only ones in the area. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. I, I, people were like, "Oh, you must have been in like goth, like trench coat mafia." No, it was swing music. It was even worse. Yeah, yeah. I think you're even the only worse. person I remember getting hardcore into this. Like, I listened to some of the music when it like the short resurgence of yeah. You know, uh, I swing liked it. I, I, dance music. Yeah, I liked the the like. I thought it was cool if that style of dance would come back because it it's requires skill and it's very acrobatic it's cool um yeah and i like the big band thing but 
yeah, it faded out, and I was I gripped to it a little bit as it was fading out uh, more than most. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah I just remember like because I had a black trench coat automatically, there was a lot of assumptions that I was into the goth scene. I was like, actually, no, much more chipper. Yeah. But with gangsters, so that's cool. Yeah. I mean, those are some interesting confessions. <laughs> well, what's trying worse, to being process like, them? I, I thought it, I could have been like the assholes that started wearing black trench coats after Columbine when I was in high school, and that was fucked up. I stopped yeah, wearing cool. mine around then because I was like, "This is really inappropriate now." So there's a yeah. difference. So I'll, I'll totally take the swing shit. I'll take all the shit you want to give me about it. I like how we're already five minutes into this episode and we have not yet reached the movie that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to. Talk oh, about. I mean, Eric, it's, it's it's old school, old school video joke, Eric. We used to go twenty minutes sometimes, right? It's a good indication <laughs> that this isn't going to be a this was great kind of movie. Yeah. No, we're no, not. Probably least. not. Eric, save anyway, us. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, no segue at all. But we'll tell you about what uh. What we, what I unfortunately made people sit through this time, was uh, we're going to be checking out the 1978, I guess we call it a comedy film, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Across this great nation, almost everyone has been affected in one way or another by this terrible tomato onslaught. Mrs. Williams, I understand your husband is missing. Yes. Do you he think is. he's dead? Well, I, I Will you miss him? Well, Will you marry again? <laughs> He'll be laying in a ditch somewhere, like with both his legs broken, calling your name. You will have to find another man, you know. You're no spring chicken. Lives are, are shattered. The nation is in chaos. Death and destruction sweeps the country. Four Square Productions presents perhaps the funniest film ever made. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. You've never seen a film like it. This is the incredible story of the world's ultimate disaster. Vicious man-eating tomatoes grow to monstrous proportions. Faced with this unprecedented menace, the president calls upon Mason Dixon, special agent. Aided by his trusty sidekick, Dixon begins to unravel the terrifying mystery of the deadly tomatoes. Dixon is getting close, too close for someone or something. Who could it be? The girl reporter? The ad executive? The press secretary? Or does it go higher? Join Mason Dixon in a race against time as he battles to save the world from the threat of nature's perfect eating machine, the killer tomato. Ain't no time to make a fuss. We gotta get those tomatoes before they get us. The Killer Tomatoes. You've never seen anything like it. Um, it's essentially like the long leather jacket swing version of movies. <laughs> no, not no, leather. Actually, that... Not leather. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, I'm, ta- I'm mentioning long leather jackets. Those are the... Okay, Those sorry. are the yes. worst of the worst. That's what I was so this referring was to earlier. Marketed as a musical comedy horror film, uh, directed by John DeBello and uh, written by DeBello, uh, Costa Dillon, and Stephen Peace. Um, they have used the budget of this film of being under a hundred thousand dollars as being a kind of a bragging point of it, and it has gone on to enjoy kind of a like huge legendary status of being a great cult movie for some reason and i think we'll uh, get into breaking down why why or why not that is you know true or not true um also well, let me get you a series. quick synopsis if the uh title doesn't do enough for you attack of the killer tomatoes is a 1978 american parody film produced by j stephen peace and john DeBello and directed by DeBello, based upon original idea. Okay, that's not even a synopsis. I hear I'm reading it off. But anyway, it's about, <laughs> you know, tomatoes attacking and killing people. It's a 19... Uh, 
50s sci-fi spoof like we've like we've done many times on this show so that same kind of you know invasion of a creatures although in this film they are not ever said to be from outer space or anything they're just you know tomatoes gone bad due to um i don't know being gmo or something to put it in modern context but uh (laughs) yeah very loosely that yeah there's one line where somebody said we just wanted to make a better tomato and like now the tomatoes are sentient and they're Mm -hmm. carnivorous yeah yes apparently you never see anything but apparently so yeah it's that kind of uh you know calling the calling the troops so it's yeah, I don't know. This thing's a mess. So let's. Uh... <laughs> you know what? Okay, so I'll, since we t- we started this episode with confessions, I bought a copy of this my freshman year of college, and I watched it a few times, and I thought it was hilarious. I don't yeah. know what the hell happened in twenty years. D- yeah, okay, me neither. I... Same thing. Because I first time I saw this, I was fifteen, and I watched it multiple times in that year. I'm like, wow, this is great. Like the satire yep. is perfect. Same thing. I saw this, I think, um, in late high school, probably, and thought this was absolutely hilarious. And I think I even showed it to people. Like, you gotta yep. see this movie. It's great. Yep. And, um, yeah. I, I, I couldn't, like... <laughs> this is worse for me, a little bit, than Transylvania, because Transylvania 65,000, which, you know, we, if you saw listened to the show, that we, we reviewed that a couple weeks ago, and just, you know, one that I absolutely despised. And, uh, um that at least was based on some like really vague childhood memories uh this is like an actual memory like i remember the movie and i remember liking it and i'm watching like the same thing and yeah so it's interesting like what what has changed about me or about humor about the world that made this into a movie that was enjoyable to me at one point and yeah just not so now that's the same um, thing here like the jokes just did not land this thing um, was just yeah. pure mole man funny <laughs> yeah just pure well, and, mole man and, funny you know i, I don't even know if this... i'd give it that because honestly i didn't even find some of them amusing to a point where i'd mole man it where i'd be like that is funny like a lot of it was like yeah that's not funny that's just stupid yeah no. it's just I, I not know. like a lot of it just wasn't that clever or not that funny and i was saving this for my review but i'm whatever it, it's i the way i was looking at it is i think it's a 50 50 like 50 percent of the jokes hit and 50 percent don't but that's actually a really shitty ratio for a comedy movie. Like, if half of the stuff is not landing, it's just, yeah, it's not at all. Because, like, don't get me wrong, there's some funny moments in this thing. I actually think the stuff with the tomatoes is pretty great. There's just not enough of it. There, that's <laughs> the thing. I remember yeah. a lot of tomato sequences when I remembered back to this movie, hence why I was fond of it. But watching this, I'm like, oh, wow, there's actually very little tomato scenes it's just terrible sketches that are poorly delivered. Maybe if the yeah. ske- maybe some of the sketches are, would be funnier if they were better delivered. Not funny by a lot, but maybe. Yeah. Well, so this movie. Yeah. Could, Sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say so. This movie considers itself to be like a parody of B movies or a parody of you know. Um, birds. Low budget sci fi movies, yeah. the birds, yeah, etc. But it really just comes off as being... It's kind of like a B-movie version of a B-movie parody because it's so poorly made and put yeah. together. Like, again, we have this issue where um, it just it's, it's amateurish to the point of, like, not knowing how to put scenes together. The camera work is, is horrendous. Um, the acting is, at times is so bad you can't tell where the jokes are supposed to be hitting and what's supposed to be funny or not. Um so all of that stuff actually hurts it um and again again i think the thing that hurts it the worst is that that everyone in this movie is trying so hard to be funny like we saw when we reviewed something like velocipaster it works so much better when you don't try to be funny but play it straight and let the situations be funny and the parody work um yeah so I, i think the writing and the cast had a big part of that too because i remember us commenting on velocipaster how there's a couple of scenes where we're like this is really well performed, but it's so absurd. I mean, is mm-hmm. is this meant to be serious? I couldn't tell because it was like, wow, these people can actually act. And in this one, I, I there's like no lines that are delivered well. Everything is is almost intentionally bad. Yeah. 
like everything is intentionally bad i i had one note on the uh the the actor who plays the character of mason dixon who's supposed to be like the head of this investigative swad but you learn nothing about him no. in the movie uh, his name's david no, miller mean... and it's like the guy's a poor man's belushi but i couldn't figure out which belushi i hate to <laughs> say it but i think he's a poor Definitely. man's jim yeah, I was going to say, he's Jim. the poor man's Jim Belushi, which is tough. I mean, oh, he kind of so looks like the anime, you, you know the, the sh- 90s show The Critic with John yeah. Levitz? He looks like <laughs> yeah. a live-action version of that character. Well, there was he an does. animated uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes show, and he was in it. That uh, character, you know, I believe, was yeah. in it. I remember so little about the animated show, but I remember there was one that I definitely watched it at one point, but... Yeah. yeah, he looks anyway. like if baloney were to have a human form. That's yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't know why you don't. It's I don't know but, why, but I just he just reminds me of human baloney. I don't want to say he looks like two hundred pounds of pierogi packed into an ill-fitting suit, but that's not far off. <laughs> <laughs> I did to your point, Joe. Like the character is built up. He's even given like an introduction in the scene, like. We're calling in this, you know, this, we're putting together this special team, and we're calling in this guy, and it's kind of, he's given, like, it's supposed to be comedic, like, that he's like, oh, we tried this person and couldn't get him, so we got this guy, Mason and Dixon. They got, and, like, and, a like, picture of him, and he's goofy in a Hawaiian shirt, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, Mason Dixon, we all know what that is, like, in U.S. history, and, and why is he given that name? Well, who knows? Like, they don't give us anything um about the, the character whatsoever like is that supposed to be a joke that i get because well, i don't get it they throw like like the only reason he qualifies for us is and they say this because he has a garden yeah yeah that's he has it a garden, so. he has a garden yeah. and i think that's that only supposed to be jokes and they're just yeah i mean the whole thing there's not really a serious line of dialogue in this whole movie it's just it's just silliness but at points the silliness actually hurts it more than it helps because it's not funny and it actually detracts from um any semblance of a story or something that this might have had like there's uh, there's stuff that works like uh the uh just off the top of my head the tiny boardroom yes thing is kind of funny. first thing that popped like, out that's head, something that works for me in kind of a zucker brothers you know um zucker abrams way we talked about uh, kentucky fried movie not that long ago and um it reminded me of something straight out. So the good moments remind me of stuff out of like a movie like that, and but then there's like half of it that just doesn't connect in any way. So I don't know. Is there anything or anyone that in this movie that was funny? I just feel like the whole cast is trying so hard to be funny, and just nobody's nobody's really getting there. I I, I found the most interesting thing is when I was like watching this and then reading up on it is that Stephen Peace who plays the the agent who's constantly dragging his fucking parachute which is like a, a oh, joke God. that gets yeah. old very quick um yeah. and it actually just keeps going goes on he actually went on to become a politician in california hmm. uh he he was a um uh yeah he plays the paratrooper wilbur finletter and he went on to yeah. be a member of the california state assembly from 1982 to 2002 you know that's kind of like that's the coolest thing about this. I yeah. want to say that that actually segues into something that I wanted to bring up. And this it's like one kind of joke. It's one of those things that when you try to find something funny from from a movie as a whole that you can maybe enjoy. And I'm not, I'm not trying to sell this too much, but I'm just trying to explain what I did here is that I couldn't stop making parallels to how our government particularly our leaders are dealing with an actual pandemic and how it isn't too terribly much different (laughs) from what they do in this movie like they try to underplay it um and i'm like oh god they have an idiot president (laughs) who literally just signs shit oh god <laughs> do i i don't need to go on if you've seen the movie and you guys have do you see where i'm getting with these parallels oh, yeah. where you're like oh, oh yeah. shit this is a documentary of the future <laughs> i mean the sad thing is there's so many sci-fi horror post-apocalyptic whatever kind of movies there's a whole subgenre where it's like an incompetent set of leadership 
and a bad situation and you know look how bad it goes um yeah this is definitely one of them but i feel like this is the most accurate because it's not funny it's sad (laughs) and i'm like yeah that's reality none of this is funny this is sad and pathetic like this movie (laughs) like what what do you think it was where because all three of us have this shared thing here where it's like i remember the last time i saw this movie really getting a kick out of it what it change was it cultural change is it just growing up out of it i mean because at this point it's, i don't think we can call it a cult classic it was a cult classic but it doesn't age well i'm pretty sure the prefrontal no. cortex had something to do with it i would hope so it yeah it it certainly is dated at points there's some awfully awful like bigoty humor in this thing that's not even like we, we complained a little bit about it in kentucky fried movie but honestly the stuff in kentucky fried movie gets a a, a major pass after seeing this movie because it's at least that's like based somewhere in in something that's actually funny this one's just got like stupid stupid moments like uh the translation um mishap with the um japanese fruit ma- yeah. yeah oh uh, yeah or the and, fact that they had him sink the arizona yeah yeah, yeah. you and know dressing yeah. the black so, man as adolf hitler the so i just want to i just want to bring oh up God. that when i defended the sketch for in kentucky fried movie with the stunt man who yells the n-word mm. and then runs yeah that is funnier than anything in this <laughs> yeah well because there's a joke there like, there's a joke there and it's like this guy's an idiot like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, look what we did this is it this is edgy exactly like, that yeah, black guy's so. a hitler it's yeah. a black hitler Wow. Yeah, look at that. Black Hitler. And then the guy with the parachute thought he was really Hitler. It's going to be really funny. The, uh, the mole just, man in my soul doesn't even chuckle in. Yeah, right? And it's just like, it just honestly, it just got to the point of eye rolling. Like, really, you guys are just pushing. You, you poor guys are trying so hard, just not getting there. But Or the or the, um, the journalist, like, that it keeps being hinted. Like, listen, the only thing you're good at is having sex to get information. Yeah. Like, that... <laughs> joke which yeah. there was no punchline to that joke there but was then, no like her disproving anything it was just actually how her whole arc and kind of ends is that yeah. she gives in despite it her just got like, proven right right <laughs> right it, it was weird well, it was kind of demeaning it's just like she she yeah. runs crying and then the next time you see her she falls in love with fucking baloney belushi for no reason because there's nothing to establish between these two yeah like I, we don't know how to end the movie, so even the song anyway. they sing to one another so, is like "I hated you the first time I met you." Oh God, don't get hey, me started on the fucking musical that, numbers. In that this is movie. an awesome segue because the next thing I was going to talk about is, "Hey, this thing's a musical and it's got songs." Yes, Kinda. we got to get to it. Not <laughs> oh. only that, the songs are what save everybody. God, but not this movie. The yeah, the songs yeah, in this love, thing man. are not only totally useless, but not even really songs. Like, they're just not... I don't know. Like, I get what they were trying to do. Like, hey, let's make it a musical. It'll be funny. Um, because on paper, that does kind of... Having musical numbers in a killer tomato movie does kind of sound like a funny idea if you were to pull it off right. But they didn't write any songs that are any good or like I don't know. Like they had no idea like I had no like, idea. Hey, did you ever write any music? Musical. No, neither have I. Should we think we should write these songs? Oh yeah, we could totally do it. Like, <laughs> like You know, I, I and maybe this is gonna come off snobbish and I recognize that it may come off that way, but I think one of the big problems with this movie is it tries way too fucking hard with everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yet, I don't know if it tries too hard. I think it just tries too long. Or it just if, expects if it even tried much, harder. Yeah. It expects the audience to be with them for all of this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, so the whole premise about Killer Tomatoes, that's, it's absurd. But, you know what? I've watched fucking DreamWorks animated films, like the Monsters vs. Aliens spinoff things, where it's like a bunch of carrots and pumpkins come to life. That yeah. was more entertaining than this. Yeah. You know, so like the whole thing about, oh, killer vegetables or killer fruits is not, that's not where my like absurdity boundary yeah. is. Well, let's not forget, that's the only good, the only really good stuff in this movie is. It, what... it is. It, it's the, <laughs> the musical stuff. It's like, oh God, you know, and don't, don't get me wrong. I don't hate musicals. 
I liked Little Shop of Horrors. I recently saw Hamilton. I, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I'll admit it. But you know, I don't have a thing against musicals. This one just was stupid. I mean, like honestly, I would watch Repo for the music. Again. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I was like, Repo doesn't look so bad now, or maybe not as bad. I should not say. as bad. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. I I could maybe get really fucked up and watch repo again this one it's like getting really fucked up would just make me uncomfortable yeah i was gonna or s- bored or just bored it, it, that's kind of like those people boring. that used to get really stoned before school i'm like what are you wasting your <laughs> drugs on man it's just like yeah. i sit there and stare at the wall i don't know anyway i wanted to say that like bef- like i didn't even know that this was considered a musical when you said it, it like oh really because it has like three four songs four, in yeah, it yeah three or four songs only one of which is a little bit funny the others are just literally obnoxious scenes that i couldn't get through fast enough right uh, and it's like this this is not a musical place, like, this is this is this is a skit from kentucky fried movie that got its own movie that's how i felt <laughs> yeah and it's even not even top than the tier. too long skit and you know. yeah and it's, not as funny yeah. as the long skit. I, you know, we as no. we talked about with Kentucky Fried Movie, the whole kung fu short thing within it was too long, but at least it was funny. Yeah, at least it had its funny moments punctuated within it. I, honestly, going back after watching this movie, I could go back and enjoy that a whole lot more and be like, you know, this really isn't so bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Um, and I did notice that about the structure of of Killer Attack of the Killer Tomatoes as well. The first act has some legitimate funny stuff in it. I was still on board through most of, like, even into a half an hour, and stuff wasn't hitting. There was some, you know, kind of dated, tasteless stuff. and um, But there was also some funny moments, like the boardroom things, the, the tomatoes themselves, um, just some of the characters. And I, so I was still kind of on board until it hits, like, act two, where literally nothing happens. They have this, like, subplot about, you know, the chief of staff hiring the PR guy and... Um. Oh, and then just yeah, all the stuff with the reporter trying to you know sleep with the dude to get information, and the kind of undercover work of the special ops forces, and none of it works at all. There is not a laugh for like almost a half an hour of the movie. I will say it, this in that section that did legitimately get like a, a laugh from me, like out loud, was that scene with the reporter and the parachuter like after they had their phone conversation not like with their their bosses and then mm. she's like okay I'm gonna try to seduce him and she tries to take off her sunglasses but she just smacks him off her head <laughs> I legitimately yeah. sorry I legitimately laughed at that because I don't think that was planned I think she legitimately just w- knocked him off her head and they just went with that scene because it was the funniest that, fucking that, thing. That whole sequence, <laughs> even with them on the phone with their bosses, was was well constructed. I'll give it that. Yes. Yeah. That that was that was clever, but it never really went beyond that. No. Yeah. Because the there was a situation. Sunglasses is the funniest fucking thing. There, there was definitely a situation in the making of this movie though that was an accident that they ended up using. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, the helicopter. The helicopter, yeah. Yep. I wondered that about was one that. One of my interesting facts that I saw about this thing. Um, yeah, helicopter crash was real. <laughs> like one hundred percent real. They rented a helicopter to to use in a scene in this thing, and it and it crashed. Yeah, it was supposed to just land, but instead it, it <laughs> like the the tail hit something and it started spinning out and it crashed and caught on fire. And I guess the pilot was okay. But then they yep, had to work, in, was some, okay. it was, work yeah. in some dialogue to use it. So, <laughs> What's the situation? Well, I don't think it would ever fly again. No, not the helicopter. <laughs> oh, it was... Yeah. There was some line about uh, the uh, tomatoes not being airborne or something like that. I don't remember specifically, but yeah, there, there was some line of dialogue there. And, you know, uh, Now, what have, have either of you seen the sequels to this? There were sequels? No. There's three There's sequels. There's four of these things. Yeah. There's four total movies. No. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes is supposed to be, from what I've read, better than this one. Actually, a fairly funny movie. Uh, and I don't know anything about the third and fourth one. But yeah. 
Return of the Killer Tomatoes is, is has maintained like a in print status because it was the feature film debut of George Clooney. So yeah, but. where and uh, isn't um, guy who played Gomez Adams? What the hell was his name? Yeah, John Aston. John Aston is in, in the sequel as well. Yeah. So the sequel they fight you know because this was for some reason this was a bit of a you know underground hit. It was a success, and so they got some money to make the second one, and I. I don't think I've ever seen it. I, I'm familiar with some of the imagery, but a lot more uh, tomato effects, and you know they have faces and stuff, and it looks like a little more entertaining of a movie. But I, I'm I, not. In a, I'm not in a huge rush to go watch it. I, this, I'm kind of intrigued story. by the sequel because I then know that the animated series was based on the sequel rather yeah. than the first yeah. one, and it definitely had more tomato effects, and the tomatoes had like personalities. And oh, I want to um, see this. Yeah, so I think that's where the movie comes in. It is available on Tubi if anyone's interested. But it is. Oh, yes. oh yeah, Return of the Killer Tomatoes is on. Maybe Tubi. Maybe I'll have to check it out then because I can just watch it on there. But oh, yeah. and I'm not saying it's good. I haven't seen it, but I vaguely remember clips of it where it was like, okay, maybe this is what I'm looking for. If you're gonna do a movie about can well, not cannibalism, but carnivorous tomatoes, added it to my list and attack people. <laughs> having John Aston in it is a good start. Yeah. Oh, we have to. Yeah, John Aston, and yeah, that's a. You could talk me into watching that. I think I probably will. I, I think <laughs> I could because I I think that's the problem with this movie is it, it can't make up its mind how much of a spoof it wants to be. Um, yeah. You know, like there there's a line there where you're making a spoof uh, or a parody, but you have to take it seriously enough where it's a legitimate movie because even those shitty fifties or whatever movies you're trying to parody were taking themselves seriously and trying to make a, a good film. This is more like a bunch of people that got together on the fly and decided to just record random shit. Yeah. And then edit in some tomatoes later. I mean, not many, but that's what it really felt like. Is This just doesn't well, have any direction to it. And I think, yeah. Ryan, you mentioned it earlier, but it does have a bit of a sketch comedy feel to it. Like, there's, like, a lot of these things, they kind of, you know wrote as little sketches and kind of shoehorned them into the the bigger narrative so it probably has a lot more in common from a conceptual place with something like kentucky fried movie than than it than it seems because it's you know technically it's a narrative film there's a story but um it really doesn't make any sense as a story itself it's all a bunch of little bits yeah i'd and... say it's split up into like the different main characters like that's their skits like the pr mm -hmm. guy with the secretary the the president's secretary whatever like those yeah. little skits that they have which by the way aren't funny except for that one part where they're like here's my next commercial for this tech company hi i'm jesus christ for this techno or whatever <laughs> and like just the look yeah. on the man's face i'm like okay that his it's look like... his reaction was funny <laughs> big proud smile like yeah yeah and the other dude's just like what the fuck and they kept that <laughs> consistent i'm like okay so it's not that this movie doesn't have people who don't know how humor works it's just for right. some reason they're not <laughs> well and, and part they're of it a could game be or not so listening to this made, guy like, it doesn't seem like they really knew how to make a movie <laughs> yeah i don't know no. um there um, were little funny things like i mean there maybe we should you know i'll i'll be typical me and focus on some of the things that I guess were positives. There's not a lot, but um, the opening of the film, uh, I like the theme song. It's the only piece of music I like in it. It's it's funny. Like that worked for me. Yes. Um, <laughs> kind of the you know march kind of uh, sounding song, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and um, the opening credits uh, had already had me laughing. So I was convinced like right away that I was going to enjoy this as much as I did before because I was laughing kind of at the the silly credits uh, that they had in the kind of opening reel of the film, including like, you know, this space for rent and, uh, <laughs> you know, acting uh there's a furniture store commercial that like text commercial thing that goes through this. Uh, oh, the advertisement like, ticker free, yeah, through uh, free, throughout free the movie. Oh yeah. That keeps popping yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, so there's little things like that that are, are more clever than funny but well that's um, the thing the the big i would say this the beginning of the movie kind of builds itself out to a very similar like parody movie that you would see kind of like hot one uh let's see it was hot ones um 
anything with um oh my god i forgot the fucking actor's name that's <laughs> embarrassing that's terrible and he died recently so that's sad anyways scary movie and hmm. shit like that uh, I was, oh, we're just gonna skip over those little bits but anyways like those movies where it's like it starts up kind of funny like they have the were you the thinking t- of leslie nielsen is that yes yes yeah okay <laughs> i knew it was nielsen i knew it was nielsen um but it's like i can't go off of that alone um like anything that he's in but that certain level like i you think it's going to be clever like the song seems pretty clever like eric said or they're showing like if you're paying attention to the titles playing in the beginning there are these little jokes that appear Mm -hmm. a couple times i'm like okay and then like in the first couple minutes when like the tomato attacks the woman uh yeah that bit's good too and then they have the police show up like it's played really dramatically but i love the little radio part like when you're hearing them like talk on <laughs> the radio at one point you hear s- someone go like would that complete your order like like referring to like the same sound that you'd hear in a fucking drive through like there's uh-huh. those little bits of details in the first few minutes and i'm like okay i remember why i like this this is going to be better than kentucky fried movie and then at the end of the movie going like oh my god how did this how is this worse how is this yeah. worse i thought i liked this well yeah. i mean like i said earlier i remember i was even chuckling a little bit you know at the the, the tiny boardroom scene with everybody it, yeah that's yeah a good physical like you know piece of comedy it works but it's um, also in that scene with the boardroom in that boardroom where some of their more questionable jokes start to happen yeah. right away yeah, well, like, even, i'm really just referring to the idea of the tiny e- room even the, the tiny bo- climb over everybody. even the tiny yeah. boardroom gag was like it went too long yeah it did like it was funny i mean not as long as the parachute gig but right know. oh god that just kept going there was a, you didn't see transylvania six five thousand but michael richards from seinfeld plays a character a butler in that movie that i i the parachute in this movie was michael richards from transylvania six five thousand it just oh my god stop it was like oh stop with this it's not funny it like, stopped being funny stop. but it's gonna continue this whole, <laughs> yeah it was like dragging a dead body around oh my god i've done that in D D. Or but the, that proved yeah, more did. funny. Or the, or the <laughs> scuba diver character, the agent that's a scuba yeah. diver. Like, and why was that funny? Like, there's a guy walking around in flippers and a scuba mask. Now he's swimming he in, in a fountain. Yeah, he goes yeah. and swims in a fountain. And or now how we about never see him again? Ha! How about the uh, Olympic swimmer in pigtails eating steroid cereal? Yeah, just yeah. like. What's the reference? Who here? like? Yeah, like it just didn't. I don't know. Anyway. I don't get it. <laughs> All of that. Like stuff I get not, it, but yeah. So I mean, okay. and you know what though? The disguise it, expert dude. Yeah. Most of the crap he did was ridiculous, and the Hitler thing was just kind of like really trying too hard. And I'm like, okay, um, dated whatever. Uh, the dressing up as a tomato thing actually did make me laugh. Um, but there was at the same time there was never an explanation. No, it was just like, oh, he's a disguise expert. Okay, what the fuck is he doing then? You know, it was that was the thing with all of these things. They introduced characters well, into roles, the... but had had them doing none of those roles. Like even the character of Mason Dixon, you know, he's going to be our lead investigator. He doesn't do anything. He just shows up and does a bad Jim Belushi impersonation, which is really yeah. fucking sad. Well, I think each of these characters, the, the entire idea was them to be totally ridiculous and just not, you know, he's a disguise expert, but obviously he's not. His disguises are all terrible. Um, he's a scuba expert. Obviously, he's not because he's, you know, just a guy walking around in flippers. And it, I think they thought that by it being so obvious that they're not good at what they're supposed to, what their assigned role in the group is, that that was a joke. I feel like the whole joke with that is just, like, the government can't, like, gets the most underqualified people to try to solve, like, the biggest issues. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe, but you still don't go that route. The whole Mason-Dixon thing, like, I don't get the character at all. Like, he just didn't even seem like, I don't know, and I was supposed to be, like, the last guy available, and that was the joke, but... That joke played for the whole movie, and it wasn't even funny when they first said it. He's supposed to be the lead, but throughout the whole movie, you don't, like, accept the fact that he's the lead. Like, there's like, (laughs) "Mm, no, I don't think he's the lead. No, no, he is. He is. It's like, I mean, you keep saying it, but I don't think he is. 
<laughs> Fucking parachute guy's got the, more charisma than that dude does. I think so. it's the parachute. The parachute has the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm Sorry, actually finding it difficult to, you know, think of, say a whole lot of good things about this. Um, there was a bit with a reporter talking to a woman that whose husband had been consumed by the tomatoes. Um, and it's not the female reporter that is a character in the movie. It's oh, just I like know. A one-off the bit. woman's hysterical and she's screaming and the reporter is just like, look at the camera. Yeah, so he's like, hang on, just stay with me here. And then when he starts into it, he does the whole, like, it's just an overly done, but he's like, so what happened to your husband? So he's definitely dead. What are you going to do now? Are you going to remarry? What do you think? You're gonna, like, just starts like grilling. You're no spring chicken. You're no you spring know? chicken. Yeah. yeah, you're not you're getting no any younger. Which... Okay, that that out of like all the little like skit bit bites, that one got a laugh out of me just because it's it was a good overplayed you know, so realistic situation of the way reporters treat people at times. But yes. um, anyway, <laughs> yes, that that that's... was an a a rare successful attempt at something that actually looked like comedy, even though it wasn't that great. But I feel like that's God. This is that's just the majority of this movie. I think we can just <laughs> fucking give it its grade and. For leave it in the gutter. <laughs> I was gonna say, anybody have any final thoughts? Did you have any anything you liked about this? I, you know what I didn't mention, if you don't mind, I'll I'll, I'll oh, go yeah. first. But um, is that the plot of this movie? It, it ends the way they defeat the killer tomatoes is with an obnoxious pop song and and beyond obnoxious in the way it's interpreted in this, um, called Puberty Love. Um, that oh play that sound bite eric please <laughs> oh yeah we'll, we'll play some puberty love in here for sure mm, um, that's sweet sweet music turn on the record player cover your ears everyone That causes the tomatoes to, you know, stop moving and become dormant or regular tomatoes, and they can squish them. And um, so, I was curious. I, I the only thing that like occurred to me with that whole thing is, uh, I wonder if uh, Tim Burton's Mars Attacks film, because <laughs> I think it was uh, <laughs> Slim Whitman like country music that killed the Martians in that. I'm like, huh. I wonder if that was kind of a, a tip of the hat to this movie. Then I, I mean, then I kind of thought, well, I hope not, because Mars Attacks I like so much better than this. But um, the interesting thing about Puberty Love, besides it being just the most obnoxious thing you've ever heard in your life, um, is that it was sung by uh, a teenage Matt Cameron, who would go on to become the drummer of Soundgarden and eventually Pearl Jam as well. Um, so... Anyway, there's yet a bit of neither of those bands have ever done a public cover. Of I know Love. missed opportunity. And I mean, they they have an opportunity here to make something that is shit into something that is cool. Yeah, they're not um, doing it. I will enjoy. say, uh, you got my brain kind of kicked in there for a second there, Eric, when you mentioned <laughs> a Tim Burton movie with this movie, and instantly my brain went. What if Tim Burton did do Attack of a t- Killer Tomatoes nowadays? It would still be shit, but I wonder if it would be more enjoyable shit. It probably would, it despite would. the Johnny Depp, the Helen Bonham Carter, and the dad issues. All of them yeah. are just fucking p- tomatoes. Yeah, <laughs> like they're all, they just yeah. all be like, it'd be like the annoying orange except tomatoes, and then there'd be like a dad issue. Yeah. <laughs> because that's yeah. Tim Burton. I mean, you can't do a whole lot worse, in my opinion, than they did the first time around. So it's not like I think That's he's true. ruined it. <laughs> so, um, Very true. Anyway, yeah, I was going to final thoughts or anything you guys found that was... Uh, Joe, it's been a anything while. Anything good about this? You yeah. go. Um, I guess just what surprised me the most about this movie is, again, like from a very personal perspective, is just that the I used to like this. You know, not like as a kid... But I, I, I hate to say it, but I think that's just part of being in your 20s and in college and being of a certain mindset where you're like, this is shitty, but I appreciate it because it's whatever. Um, and looking at it then at 38, I'm like, no, this is just dumb. And it's yeah. just, I don't know, I've had 
it's further reminders of getting old and it, it kind of pisses me off and i have no problem in taking it out on this movie <laughs> do you think it might have anything to do with the fact that at a time this seemed like it was a funny idea and that now we realize that this 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 idea itself this parody of monster movies and such has been done so much better than this and now you've seen I, better examples i, I, I mean we talked about velocipaster uh, and we talked to him yeah i think that's a big part of it i've seen this yeah. done more clever i've seen this done much better uh killer clowns where... from outer space right away oh, in the top right of away and, yeah you know that one didn't come out much longer after this one you know considering 10 years i guess so i guess enough mm-hmm. but no that's well, so much better years. yeah um yeah you know, and, and any of these parody, you know, Mars Attack, excuse me, uh, is yeah. another one yeah. that, that is much better than this. And they're all pretty much the same story. You know, ridiculous thing invades Earth to attack people. And with gimmicks, okay. But Mars Attacks was so much better. Uh, you know, any alien invasion movie that's that tries to take itself seriously is so much better than this. So, I don't know. Um, I, I think it, it is partly like a personal growth thing, but I think also a big part of it is just that there's so much better out there that, yeah. okay, I'll give this credit for being schlocky intentionally and trying to be funny and stuff, but even around this time, you had things like schlock and you had things like Kentucky Fried yeah. Movie, which were better at doing I was going to bring up schlock because that's a monster movie parody and that one's much better than this, even though it's not perfect. It's like, <laughs> just... Uh, yeah. This doesn't really have a plot and and it yeah. shows. It, it, it reminds me of like a bunch of kids just saying, we're going to put on a play and they just start ad-libbing the entire thing. Or dubbing over their ad-lib. <laughs> In this yeah, case, for some reason, and I everything was dubbed in this. Dubbed over, yeah. What about you, Ryan? Any final thoughts? Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I, I, it, I'm in it's the okay state. To say no. <laughs> well, I did. I actually did have a bunch, and then my brain, like, oh crap, I forgot them. But then instantly, like, but does it matter? Because I don't really feel like it's a bad thing that I for, I'm forgetting this movie. I no, I like. I guess I'm just gonna, you know, it's building off of the, like, why did we like this when we were younger, and then as we got older, it's it's that sign of like when you're in your twenties, you think, well, I'm no longer a teenager. I'm smarter than I once was, but it's just like, no, you're just a an adult teenager. You still like s- stupid shit. When you hit twenty five, twenty six, and that prefrontal cortex develops, and you start to realize that humor certain humor doesn't age well and was never appropriate to begin with <laughs> for certain situations yeah. or just ah oh man this movie sh- does not deserve the the cult status that it received and i don't say that usually like uh, i being exposed to cult movies and i sure. usually see like oh this, i totally get why this is what it is i i'm, I'm into this yeah i get this um, this one, I was just like, oh, wow, I told other people to get into this because this is great. Because mm-hmm. you know what it was? This, I think, for me at 15, at the time, was one of those few cult movies that I knew was a cult movie that yeah. I got into. Like, because yeah. the other one was Rocky Horror Picture Show. So I was just like, oh, here's another one that I know is a cult f- favorite. Yeah, I'm on the bandwagon. I totally get it. And then older, I'm just like, no, it doesn't fucking deserve it. And I feel, like Joe says, I feel good about acknowledging that. Like, this movie doesn't deserve it. I give it I give it two baloney belushies out of five. <laughs> I mean, I think this, Not a this ten. is kind of like, you know when you first get into punk music I, I like how you brought that up ryan like about like oh it's a cult film and i want to get into cult films so i better like this one right mm-hmm. this and rocky horror and this is one though where it's kind of like when you first get into punk music and you're like the ramones and this and then sex pistols and then you a couple years later you listen to the sex pistols and you're like eh that's how <laughs> so okay. about the ramones i actually huh? think the ramones all sound the same which is a common criticism, but it's just like it, it, there's yeah. something to that. But I, I would say the sex, personally for me, it's the Sex Pistols more because it's like, oh, they were just kind of a boy band. Eh, <laughs> nah, they, you know, they were. <laughs> they, well, yeah, they pretty much were, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know. But 
you know that it's just you kind of everybody starts out real into it like i'm gonna get into cult films and this is this is one of the biggest ones i keep hearing about yeah because it was also very like readily available i think at at a time and at the time you could show this to kids and they wouldn't be offended you know yeah despite some language but it wasn't at the time at the time that wasn't something they were going to scoff at um yeah so i don't know i i guess it has the same kind of thing Eric. Yeah. So are we going to grade this thing? (laughs) I did. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay, good. Joe, what did you get? Joe, what do you think grade-wise? Do I have to do it in pierogi belushis? Um, (laughs) You don't have to. You can choose. (laughs) I'm going to give this one a D. Okay. And it really hurts me to say that because I know there was a me not terribly long ago that would have been like B+. And I really hate that asshole. So, <laughs> you know, it, honestly, yeah. I think, you know what, when this was like one of the first cult comedy, horror, goofy, whatever, it's not horror, but, you know, they tried. Um, yeah, I can see how a younger person is really going to find this to be more amusing. Today, I don't know. Maybe not even today. But when you've seen things like Mars Attacks and Velocipaster and all these other things, mm, this pales in comparison and so hey i give it i'm not going to give it an f i'll give it credit for being one of those movies that kind of inspired others to be stupid and silly the problem is that this movie was so focused on being stupid and silly they forgot to have a plot yeah and i will tip my hat to movies like velocipaster that go to the extreme extremes of ridiculousness but damn, there's, I'm still watching the movie. I'm not losing interest. You know? Because there's right. something about how it's made that's pulling me in. So I feel like that's the real problem with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is that it, it focuses so much on trying to be a parody. It loses the whole point that it's trying to be a movie, too. And it just yeah. kind of fails. Well, Yeah, I do. There was a, a review written, um, Michael Gingold from Rumored Magazine wrote a review of the Blu-ray that came out a couple years ago, and the quote pretty much sums up exactly what I think about this movie, and it's, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes may be one of history's most misunderstood films. It has often been celebrated as a prime example of so-bad-it's-funny cinema, when in fact it's an attempt at intentional comedy that is, at best, a scattershot success. Yes. And that's exactly my problem with the movie, is that people do think this is a so-bad-it's-good movie, and it's not really, because they're trying so damn hard, the whole movie, to be funny, and they're failing at it, so... And it's actually a so bad it's not funny movie because of in most cases because of that. So, like I said earlier, like I think the comedy's about fifty fifty, which in a comedy movie is not great. You got to hit harder. You got to hit better than that. Um, but then I wrote that down because it sounded good. But then when we started talking about it, I'm not even sure it's that good. Like it might be like thirty. Yeah, when you said fifty fifty, I'm like you're being nice because there's yeah, no way. Um, there there are legitimate horror films that are considered partially comedies because of one or two lines that are funnier than this entire film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had the same kind of reaction to you. Like I remember this being something I really enjoyed, which, you know, good for me back then, but it's certainly not something I enjoyed now. In fact, I was kind of bored and just like, uh, it did help having sat through Transylvania six, 5,000. Um, that did help me appreciate this a little bit more because I honestly think this was better than that, but only yeah. slightly. So yeah. um, that's really, you know, <laughs> not a huge compliment to it. So um, anyway, yeah, I, I think I'm going to be right there with Joe. This Give this thing a D plus maybe. I, I'm not sure how this really got the cult status that it, it did, but... Um, I kind of feel bad having to like knock a cult classic down, but at the same time, I just didn't have a lot of fun with it. But yeah, that's the hard I, job I, that we I, have to I, do. I think it would be yeah, interesting yeah. to look at other films from within ten years of this, preferably before, that are considered cult classics, comedies, and stuff, and see how they how they weigh up to it. Uh, you know, like we, think... we talked about we we did a whole episode on Kentucky Fried Movie, which was not that far off from this. I think it was a little bit after, but still much funnier on average yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, we were kind of down on that one, and now I feel like I maybe was overly harsh because watching some of these other ones that are in the same vein, they really did do a much better job with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but, interesting. Yeah, but bummer. So yeah, that and again, I haven't checked out the sequels, but I'm intrigued to because I've heard at least part two is much better and it inspired a cartoon, and I vaguely remember the cartoon. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that would be then our review of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And if you have any thoughts on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes or its sequels, please feel free to comment or drop us a line or tweet us or whatever. Send a passenger pigeon or some shit like that. Uh, If you want to email us, you can do so at videojunkierpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Video Junkier Podcast or the Video Junkier Podcast discussion group. or you can tweet us at VideoJunkPod. And if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms, we'd be happy to discuss them next time we record. And coming up on the podcast, we'll be selecting another incredible movie like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes no. uh, from the Tubi TV service. Uh, Tubi is a free ad-supported streaming network that we've been using to um, select all of our films throughout the quarantine um situation and beyond so uh we're going to continue doing that because we've been having fun with it and yeah um, we, we had a really nice discussion about it where we you know do we want to continue doing this or not in this form so really the question did come down to to be or not to be that was the question and we decided yeah, to was. go with it yeah so we answered that one that, that pun was funnier than anything <laughs> in attack of the killer tomatoes <laughs> i got a mole man laugh I, out of me <laughs> it, it it makes me laugh because I think Ryan had a Tubi pun on our last episode. I did. So that, I uh, did. That plays nicely. So. I don't remember what it was, though. Uh, I just edited it today, and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> so, I mean, our reviews so on it was this obviously site really are good, to be like... continued. So. Ooh, oh, right. Ooh, right. Anyway. Well played. Oh, well, played. Well, well played. Yeah. Actually, I think that might have been the pun that I used. <laughs> that, that wasn't me trying to be creative. That was me trying to like reminisce. Um, <laughs> but I want to thank everybody for listening to the Video Junkier podcast and please feel free to share around and uh, leave comments to get a hold of us we'd love to hear from you if you have any recommendations Tubi or not uh, we'd love to uh, take them into consideration we're trying to do things on Tubi so check that out before you recommend anything else if you wouldn't mind but if you've got something you really want to hear us talk about then throw it at us and we'll be happy to do it but I want to once again thank everybody for tuning into the Video Junkyard podcast. And until next time, this is Joe Peterson. I'm Eric O'Branson. And I'm Ryan Stiskel. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. They'll beat you, bash you, squish you, mash you, chew you up for brunch, and finish you off for dinner or lunch. Squishy, mushy, rotten to the core They're standing outside your door Remember Hermit Farbage While taking out his garbage He turned around and he did see Tomatoes hiding in his tree Now he's just a memory Sacramento fell today, they're marching into San Jose tomatoes. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.
Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafrey. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. <laughs>